Critics are calling Bacon Sale one of the many pop culture-related podcasts on iTunes. Three stars raves Rich Bonaducci from Fox 13. The best podcast in years, exclaims Kent Dunn from ShowtimeShowdown.com. And Peter Travers from Rolling Stone called this podcast smart, sexy, and seriously funny. Bacon Sale, coming to a pair of headphones near you. Hey, that was pretty well done. Yeah, a pair of headphones. Did, did Rich really give us three stars? No, I don't think he listens to the podcast. But <laughs> I was just thinking of critics that I knew. If he did, we'd be slightly above average. Yeah. Three stars. <laughs> Check like us he, out. He raves three stars. And I'm not biased at all with my five stars. <laughs> not at all. Not it's at the all. best podcast in years, I think is what you said. <laughs> <laughs> There's a disclaimer somewhere in there. <laughs> no, no. I don't, no, know where I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Ephraim to the rescue. Okay. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. Welcome to Bacon Sale. (laughs) So, guys, this was kind of my idea, and I'm not sure this show is going to go super well, so we'll just have to, like, wing it. Let's set expectations high here, Kent. Wow, yeah. It was like, (laughs) just turn off now, guys. (laughs) Hey, we're also coming off a high of, you know, the Bacon Sale week and all of that, which which has just been great. Yes, and the the feedback has been great. You guys have been wonderful in... uh, not calling us too creepy, <laughs> which uh, it was really was fun to have you join in the joy with us as we did that to Beck and Sal adventure and had our bacon bit last week. And, and not that, point out whatever emotional problems or psychological disorders you think these guys might have. Yeah. Or the fact that I wear makeup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right now you are? <clears throat> Anyways, <laughs> the week before we did a review show on Batman v Superman. Two days before. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of got forgotten now with all the excitement. We do a lot of shows. We do a lot of shows. And in, honestly, it was a very good roundtable conversation where Jacob truly didn't really care for it. Right. You were kind of in the middle. Right. And I was right up there at the top. And you've seen it multiple times now. I have. And I plan to see it a third time. So we had hmm. this discussion before, and I just want to know. So your review, your rating changed the second time? Did it change the second time, or was it the same? I went in expecting to change it for the lower. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I was A-, minus. remember? Right. And I'm like, look, I was just on a high. I just really wanted to like it. And then the second time turned out even better, and it stayed at the same grade. Did you have as comfy of seats the second time through? No, not at all. Hmm, interesting. So, I don't know. It really worked out. And, and I mean, it's kind of been the talk on the internet for the past two weeks. I guess it's just been a week since the uh, Rotten Tomato score officially came out. But, you know, critics don't really care for the movie. No. What is it standing at now? Do Maybe you know? 28%. I don't know exactly. last I saw, yeah. I'll look it up real quick. I guess keep talking. And so I really wanted to kind of be like, you know, there are so many think pieces out there, and I kind of want to have more of a conversation of... Yeah, what's your follow-up to this right now? Ooh, 29% with 288 reviews. Okay. That's probably not going to move then. Jeez. No, I don't think so. All of a sudden, you know, there's That's like, fair, actually. That's fair? Yeah, it's totally fair. It's not fair. We're not getting into that. We're talking about something else. <laughs> did, you see, did you see me looking at Jake? Like, yes. I saw really? you lift up that stabbing <laughs> you instrument you have, <laughs> also known as a knife. And then I just look at the picture of Kate on the table, and I'm fine. We do. Uh, we should clarify. We do have the, the autographed picture of Kate Beckinsell here in the room. Yeah, I'm not sure why that's here. Why? What? Just to give why you guys inspiration yes. or something? I mean, yes. look, I was just about to stab you, <laughs> and then I saw the picture of Kate. <laughs> oh, so And so you're safe and right. sound because of her. influence. Okay. The whole question has been not why did it get such low reviews because critics will be critics, you know, but it still managed to get a high, high box office despite the reviews. Yes. And so every article that's come out has been like, do critics still matter to the box office? Have they ever mattered? And that's kind of the question I want to uh, approach to you guys. All right. And I did a whole bunch of research on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and all those kind of sources. And Jake put together yesterday. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Jake put together a survey, and we got a ton of feedback. Yeah, thanks and, everyone who did respond. It yeah. was very generous of you. We have just uh, we have 101 actually it's responders. Like family feud. Yeah. 100 people surveyed. Well, which is actually unfortunate because it's the free version of SurveyMonkey, and the cap is 100. So one person I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> we spent all our money on the GoFundMe. So. Yeah, we're not, we're not going to do that for a while. Right. <laughs> so Kent did the research. Jacob did the survey. I'm just here to tell jokes, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you do it pretty well. No. I mean, we research as well. We know you do. I did do. do a little bit of research. I would much. actually invite you to sing a song. No. If you could. I, I think I'm going to retire from singing for a while. I don't want this whole conversation to be Batman v Superman, Superman oriented. Which it's not. No, it shouldn't. But I would like to say the movies that scored higher on Rotten Tomatoes than Batman v Superman. Okay. I'm and I mean, there are countless movies because it, okay. it got a 29 So the discussion piece, are critics relevant? Are they right? Let's see. <laughs> um, Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. I haven't seen it, so I can't uh, yeah. say one way or the other. 64% Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Star Wars Episode One. 56 Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Ugh. Twilight. That's fair, actually. Which Twilight? 
Uh, Twilight <laughs> One. Oh, okay. All of them. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Some are better than others, Ken. I mean, I truly love Breaking Dawn for the reasons that, I mean, part it's one so part stupid. Two. One's the best. <laughs> one is the best. Oh, no, it's so damn. And by that, I mean the absolute worst. Right. All right. Uh, Twilight got 48. Wow. Big Mama's House, 30%. Oh. Well, it's just barely then, because they're, you know, Batman's... Right, yeah, I mean, they're basically 29. the same movie, Big Mama's House and Batman v Superman. <laughs> One movie's going to kick us, kickstart a whole series and a yeah. franchise, and then Martin Lawrence dresses as a woman well, way before Tyler Perry did. So, yeah. maybe that's great. Entourage, my second favorite movie of the year last year. Call. Uh, 33. Okay. Paul Blart Mall Cop, 33. That, that's Paul hilarious. Blart Mall Cop got better than Batman v Superman. <laughs> yes. That's the best one I've heard yet. Wow. Sisters. Fifty-nine percent. Whoa, that's significantly higher. That's almost fresh. Uh, Mocking Jay Part Two, bland. Seventy percent. Yeah, it deserves a little lower, but it's a not lot bad lower. Movie. Yeah, the, the Good Dinosaur, seventy-six percent. That's ridiculous. It's a terrible. Cars movie. Two, thirty-nine percent. Oh, so it did beat Batman v Superman. Cars Two beat Batman v Superman. Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, thirty-seven percent. Oh man! And my least favorite movie of all time, Spring Breakers, with sixty-six percent. That's fresh. That is fresh. That's fresh. So fresh. So I just want to start off with that because I think we'll get more into numbers. I want to talk about past movies and everything like that. But well, Ken, I want to ask you a question because you did you did do a lot of research on Rotten Tomatoes, and a lot of people don't know exactly how it works. They just know there's a Rotten Tomatoes score. Do you want to go into detail about how Rotten Tomatoes get comes up with the score? Not you don't have to go into algorithm nerdiness at this point, but just kind of talking about what I can. You can, if you can if you want, but let's start high level. But it really is science. Just to let you know, Tomato Meter for, for Batman v Superman is 29%. The audience score is 71%. So there's, there's a definite difference there. Yeah, Somewhere there's... in between there lies the truth, probably. And, and I mean, look, I mean, we'll look at like Transformers movies. Those are probably the biggest defenders of critical misfires that still make a lot of money. Yeah. And so I could say Batman v Superman is great because fans are seeing it. But then you look at Transformers movies. Like, right. it really is a, just a subjective it's, film. It's a very fallible argument, basically. Right. Yeah. It is. But, I mean, when you look at the critic score, which that's why I wanted to get to the point, is what is a critic versus what is an audience? Well, and being a critic, do you feel like you trust critics more or less? <laughs> being behind the curtain, I'm mixed. I'm truly mixed. We don't know about your heritage. We want to know about your criticness. <laughs> <laughs> because, okay. Okay, I'll just start off with this. I'll, I'll talk about me for a little bit because I sure don't mind doing that. Yeah. Growing up... I'm going to take a nap. Be right back. Right. You probably should because you know how I like to explain, over-explain things. Can't he's sleeping. He really is. Does have his eyes closed. That's <laughs> so much respect. <laughs> but like growing up, I loved movies that were two and a half stars. They were my favorite kind of movies. You like the B movies? Yeah. Okay. Like if a critic gave a movie four stars, I'm like, yeah, I'll never see that because that's an indie darling and I don't care. There, there are a lot of people who still have that mentality. So when did you make the jump from, hey, I like bad movies, I don't care what critics say, to I'm one of the establishment now? <laughs> I would hate to say I'm one of the establishment. You when did are. you turn to the dark side, Kent? But I, I, I guess I, I do have that sort of stigma about me because, well, hashtag Kent hates everything, right? Yeah. And that, that's kind of what follows me around. Right. I used to say, and not anymore, but I go into a movie with my arms folded, and if a movie makes me happy, I'll kind of... Open up my body language a little bit. You stopped doing that? From now on. Hmm. No, Batman v Superman changed me a little bit. I heard you talking about that in Radio Ronin. You were talking about how the inner child in you was alive again because it's, of Batman v Superman. There's a little bit of resuscitation. It was kind of like it was deadline for a little bit, and you, you pump it with energy, and he's like, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll see how it goes. Little Kenny D. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't want to be that guy, and this is kind of my problem with critics now, and this is the overall my overall theme. Where you go into a movie expecting to hate it or wanting to hate it. Mm. Like, what I want from a movie is a movie that will challenge me. Right. Maybe make me think differently about life. And it's not just escapism. It's like pure escapism where I'm like, I can walk out going, I would love to create something like that. Like, that would be incredible for me. Right. Well, and, and that's... The thing about critics is they're perceived as critical, as negative. Like, that's constant. They're there to poke holes in a movie. That's kind of the perception of what critics are. So that's the perception, but I don't think that's the intent of a critic. But that's a lot of what critics do. Right. And so I, I think that some critics are just trying to get their tagline onto a poster, and so they'll give it a rave review even though they don't, don't really believe it. Others just want to tear it apart, and I don't really understand why they have that need to tear it apart. But then the other day, I had a friend of mine tell me that I had become a cynical critic, that I hated everything. And it was because I didn't like Inside Out that much. And they said, I ah. can't believe you. You just hate everything now. And I was like, no, I just, I love other Pixar movies. I just didn't, 
Inside Out was okay. Right. And they're like, no, no, it's great. And I'm like, mm-mm. But jumping back to you, because this is all about you. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't need to do that. No, but how did you become a film critic? And what makes a professional film critic a professional film critic? Honestly, like, just to answer your second question, what makes a, for, for a film critic a movie buff? Mm-hmm. Within, hopefully they've done some schooling in film. I haven't as much. I'll be quite honest. Mm-hmm. But a movie buff who doesn't give up. Who is willing to make this a hobby that they'll never, ever be paid for. No, <laughs> so it's really time and, and perseverance. And you bring that up, and I want to clarify that. So you were on 101.9 The End right. as a movie critic. And uh, how big of a check were they giving you there? <laughs> uh, I don't even think they covered gas money. No. Right. No, I mean, so to go back through my history, I mean, I, I love film. And really, this started probably in, I would say, my early 20s when I stopped caring about Austin Powers, Inter- International Man of Mystery, and really stupid Fairly Brothers comedies. Like, I knew I had to move on. And a couple of the, like, a formative movie for me is Fight Club. And I was like, holy cow, I was expecting a Brad Pitt fighting movie. And I walked out just understanding narrative a little bit more, understanding. And loving life and realizing how positive the world is. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> That's what he loved with, yeah. And that I'm not my khakis. <laughs> And so I, I wanted every movie to change what I was thinking at that point. Like, and if movies disappointed me, I was like, yeah, it wasn't very good. I started a podcast in 2009 called Showtime Showdown. You had another podcast? I know, right? <gasps> Jacob, did you know that? Cheater. I, I have like nine podcasts in the <gasps> past, guys. <laughs> I've only had podcasts. one before this one. Really? Oh, yeah, the <laughs> uh, quickest one. Yeah. So I did a podcast, and that was kind of like... And I say this in quotes, in the early days of podcasting. Right. So it was Showtime Showdown. Me and my buddy did it just because we love to talk film. We'd go review new movies. If we got 100 listens on each show, we were just over the moon about it. Because we were boring. We are just like, it was like almost like NPR. <laughs> hey, some NPR is good. Mm, okay. So, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, don't tell me. Oh, it. yeah, all right. You're right. This American Life? Come on. So I got picked up to do the um, movie critic stuff on 101.9. Right. Of because course I- you paid them? But <laughs> well, I, I want to know how you got your foot in the door. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I actually knew the one of the producers, Chad. Okay, you I, had to seduce Chad. <laughs> producers, Family friendly, Jacob. <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, he called me and he's like, "I listen to your podcast. Pretty good stuff. You want to come in? Let's talk about you being a movie critic." So I, of course, was just like, "Yep." I don't know what this means, but yes, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to do the easiest job on the planet, and so I started doing that. And at that point, that's when I actually... Wait, is easiest job on the planet film critic or is easiest job on the planet being a Kardashian? <laughs> Second easiest job in the world, there you go. <laughs> being a film critic. Yeah. And it's not really a job. It's like the easiest hobby. Hobby. Because, I mean, you, so you get, you get in there and they start listening to your reviews. Were there perks that came with it or was it just the joy of... The being- perks were, and this was more of what I had to do at the beginning too, is... Before you're a film critic, and this happens a lot regionally, I think it happens nationally as well, there are movie screenings for every film, like the week before it comes out. Critics are invited. They all have their taped-off section. Mm-hmm. But the general public goes as well. And typically, people have to go, like, turn in a piece of paper and go early and assign their seat, that sort of thing. But And I, I was doing that until I was like, hey, I have this website that gets 500 hits per day. I am now a movie critic for a radio station. What can you do for me? And they're like, cool, here's your credentials. And so that's what I've been writing on ever since then. So you have credentials, meaning yes. that what, is, what does the credentials bring? That I get to go to early screenings. Nice. Right. And they're free. And bless you for that. <laughs> and I typically <laughs> get to bring you a plus one. So I have to choose between one of you. Yep. But so... Hey, did I tell you that I love that shirt? <laughs> Looking good today, Ken. Yeah, the new Melissa McCarthy movie is coming out pretty soon. We should go see Jacob it. Jacob should go see that. <laughs> I actually got him that shirt. So, <laughs> so here's the thing, though. I, I like film... I like seeing early movies, but what I really got addicted to was the audience. I was like, holy cow, I have thousands of people listening to what I have to say. Mm-hmm. I better be pretty good at saying it. And, you know, I always wrote for Showtime Showdown. Right. My reviews better be pretty well written. Otherwise, I'm just a guy who sees movies before other people do. I'm just a guy standing in front of a movie, <laughs> hoping <laughs> hoping it will love me. <laughs> and much. vice versa. That was going on for about two years. The radio station ended. Obviously, I almost immediately I started with Pod Goblin slash Pod Bash, right? And I kept reviewing movies there. We do the same thing here. I'm really kind of addicted to sharing my opinion, mm-hmm. and I think that's where a critic kind of stands out. 
anyone can be a critic. Everyone can review a movie. And that's the point I was going to make. Is in a world of Yelp and Rotten Tomatoes and all these other, Netflix, like places where you can put ratings and put reviews and things like that. How does a film critic stand out from the crowd? What makes them different from anyone else who's seeing a movie? Is it just the early viewings? Is it the fact that they have reviewed so many movies? I think it's more drive. Like we will go I see that movie. <laughs> Love the soundtrack though. I, we'll go see 150 to 200 movies a year. Well, and that's what 90% of those are bad. I actually had a discussion uh, with someone, I can't remember who it was a while back, where they said the problem with critics is that they've seen too many movies. And I said, what do you mean? That, that means they have a, a wider opinion. They're like, no, they've seen so many movies that nothing seems new anymore, and they've lost their ability to be surprised at movies and enjoy movies. No, at times I, I felt disconnected from people who were like, I'm just happy any time I can go see a movie. It's just entertainment for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sitting there going, no, my job for you is to tell you if you're wasting your money or not. Okay. And that, that's kind of the role I took. Right. Obviously, I took kind of a negative spin on that. Being like, you're probably wasting your money unless I tell you it's great. <laughs> and even then, it's my opinion, right? Yes. So it really was just kind of a, I mean, granted, there are times where I'm gone two nights a week to see movies that sometimes I don't even care for. Well, and that's what I did. And I got to keep doing these things for free. Even the people locally that, that do this and get paid, it is dimes and nickels. Yeah. And th- but what I wanted to say is, too, is that I didn't envy you because for a while there, you had to watch the crappy movies because people wanted to know. Right. Whereas I was like, I most of my ratings were higher than yours, and that was because I was only watching movies that I wanted to see in the first place. So is this change for you now that you're seeing more and more? No, no. Because, I mean, I've always – the thing with me is I've always loved movies. I watched so many movies growing up, like just nonstop. And when I got back uh, from my mission and went to college, I went – got went, I applied to film school and like I actually mm-hmm. took a course and minored in film and things like that. And that's where I kind of really appreciated the art of making film. Right. And that's the time when I turned into more of a film snob, but still there's movies I don't want to see. And so I'm like, I'm not going to see that. I don't care for it until Jacob or Kent make me do it for a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't want to watch the Lone Ranger. I know it's bad, but then you throw it at me and I'm like, fine, I'll watch it. But and then I, you loved it. So no, you kind of did. Yeah. No, I, I think there is an art to being a film critic. I think we're meant to build on what is there or help people realize what they may never see. True. And Kent, since you're already giving kind of a chronological summary there, why don't you tell us what's in your future? Oh, okay. Yeah, might as well, right? Yeah, yeah might, as, might well. as well. I mean, since the show's all about me, I'll yeah, just put my let's profile Let's get this over so we can get to the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, actually, next week... Could uh, you talk at 1.5 speed? No, <laughs> I kind of feel like I have been. <laughs> uh, so next yeah, week, I uh, will be... Helping actually with our friend Rich Bonaducci yep. on KJAZ. It's uh, Friday mornings at the 8 television station. The television station. Wait, I thought you had a face for a radio. I really do. <laughs> wow. No, that's what he said. I'm not throwing that on him. He no, I mean, come himself. on. Kent has never said that. He said that. No, no I don't that. say it because you, everyone else says it. Oh. <laughs> I shave my face and everyone's like, oh. What is that? <laughs> it's my skin. <laughs> it's my skin and it's sensitive. But no, you're, you're, you're going to be on TV uh, doing telemarketing, doing... Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be on PBS and you know be talking about <laughs> Les Miserables and all oh, that kind I of love, stuff. I love those. No, so it'll be like a 10-minute movie segment on Friday mornings at 8.30 on KJS. That's Channel 14 here in Utah. And you can actually see it in Wyoming. Um, all these Montana, all these weird states around us. <laughs> our little Kenny D. <laughs> Actually, all our listeners are from Montana. So. <laughs> right. yeah. Our little Kenny D's growing up. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's a really great opportunity. And that's kind of what I'm saying with you put the time and perseverance in. Like, it will work out. Granted, you may never see money, but this is something I love. I'm passionate about this. I love movie facts. You know, we talked about sports, how we don't retain that knowledge at all, Joel. Right. But we retain movie facts. You're a quote guy, like crazy. And you probably didn't, you know, I don't know if schoolwork went okay for you, but <laughs> it's fine. You know what you're passionate about. And this is kind of the thing that I'm trying to develop. Well, I've said many times before, if I was as passionate about movies as I was about, or if I was passionate about math as I was about movies, right. I would have such a good job and so many monies coming in. But <laughs> So many monies. <laughs> so many monies. But uh, it's, it's, that's where my passion lies is in film and entertainment and storytelling. I love stories, whether it be through podcasts, whether it be movies, whether TV or books. Like that's, I love hearing stories and hearing new things. Right. But even then, my opinion, my critical opinion, basically what I do is I post it on my blog, which I don't <laughs> update anything else on there, but I update my movie review. 
and I put the review on Flickster and on Netflix, and that's where I put. So my when you do like a paragraph or two review it's on usually, Facebook, it's usually like less than it's a paragraph. It's do you paragraph expect review. people just to like it? Do you want to influence other people's uh, behavior based on that? I, I normally, or just let people know what you think about the movie. Well, and my hope is that someone out there is aligned with my views, and they know then that they can be warned against a movie, or that they can accept a movie, or even try a movie they've never heard of. But the best thing is like when I have when people have a conversation when they like like it or even comment and say I don't agree with you because of this what this and I'll say well what about this and we'll go back and forth. Although the problem is, movies are art. Art is subjective. Yes, people can get very passionate and very opinionated and even get feelings hurt. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> all of our previous shows, <laughs> but I mean, like you say, you don't like a movie. Like oh, I hate this movie. And someone's like, it's my favorite movie. All of a sudden, it's awkward because you've just trashed on something they love. Yeah. Unless it's Kim, then you don't care. Yeah. No, I actually yeah. had to I apologize to Jake after last, last week's show. Because I was like, I was kind of... You've never given me an apology. No, I never have. <laughs> I don't remember you apologizing to me. I, I did. You sure that was me? Yeah, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the bigger conversation. With Yelp, with Rotten Tomatoes, with all these user reviews, do critics, do film critics really matter? Because back in the day when it was, you know, Ebert and... Uh, Ebert and Siskel and, Siskel and Ebert. Yeah. Siskel and Ebert. Thumbs up, thumbs down. They were on TV. They were like these kind of experts. I actually think that's an incredibly broken system, just being so binary. Thumbs? Thumbs. <laughs> thumbs are binary. Broken thumbs. <laughs> you know, it, it's yes or no. I think there's so well, much gray in there. Technically, it was yes, no, and then one would give a thumbs up, one would give a thumbs down. It was amazing. Right. And, and so it's it, kind of like at that point, you have to be like, oh, I like Siskel. And he gave a thumbs up, so I don't well, care. I mean, it's essentially says. it's three options, you know. Like maybe if you said see it, rent it, or skip it, you know, it's that kind of thing, right? Kind of like I used to do. Ah. <laughs> I did that for a long time. Yeah, and do you know why I did that? Is because I wanted kind of like I wanted to be divisive. Right. Because if I flamed people one way or the other, whether they really like the movie, mm-hmm. and I was like, yep, you're right. Or if they like the movie, and I said, no, it's the worst, and you're a slack jawed yokel for liking it. <laughs> We've never used that expression. Right? Never. A lot of people that, <laughs> and I, I and I actually feel bad about it. I'm feeling remorse. Isn't I, that's kind of weird, right? Is this like fake remorse well, no, the, or like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's temporary remorse. <laughs> no, but some people prefer binary. Like some people want the gradient up and down scale. Some people want should I see it? Yes or no? That's all they Which want. Which is kind of what I'm leading to. That my problem is, I think that was a flawed system. The yes, you know, the thumbs up, thumbs down, right? And I think Rotten Tomatoes, even though there's a whole range of zero to hundred percent, it is too binary so getting back to the point i was trying to make 10 minutes ago before we got off in your life story <laughs> how does rotten tomatoes work <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> and i'm sorry <laughs> no it was jacob's fault it was me so how does rotten tomatoes work okay so critics go in you have to have approximately five hundred thousand readers watchers per month Okay. And so, so it is major publications. Basically yeah. like Bakersfield. I don't so. think any. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to be a pretty big deal in the market. All right. You come in. I mean, you write your review, and you know it's going to show up every week on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you write it? Okay. So do you write it in Rotten Tomatoes, or do you write it on your own site? You just write it on your own. And they find you. Rotten Tomatoes will find your review and grab a paragraph that best signifies how you felt about the movie. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure they choose their paragraph, though, right? Because I read something from some critic, Eric Snyder, I think, and he said that uh, I just remember him referencing one time, like using a paragraph, like he just referenced critics using, like choosing the paragraph, and sometimes mm-hmm. it didn't make sense. So I don't know, maybe. No, yeah, it's it's actually a mix of everything because you do like numbers, right? You go one through five. Yeah, five star rating. Five star rating. A simple five star rating system. I do grades. Right. Rotten Tomatoes actually runs on a four-star scale, mm-hmm. and critics are generally supposed to abide by that, but you like me, some people do grades, mm-hmm. some people do five stars, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so if it, like, if it was great, if a movie gets B-, minus, it's a fresh. Yeah. If it gets if it's C+, plus, then it's, an, it's um, rotten. Right. And kind of like, you know, over two stars would be a fresh, that sort of thing. Well, and they have certified fresh too, right? Well, certified fresh is 75% and above. And with a certain number of reviews as well. They have to have at least 40 reviews. So there's some movies out there that have 100%, but they're not certified fresh. But three people have reviewed it, yeah. Because the thing is, the rating will start out at whatever, and the more reviews it gets, then it kind of solidifies. But at the beginning, it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem here is that... They're not saying it doesn't aggregate what a critic actually thinks. I mean, for example, let's look at a movie like Zootopia, which has 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make it one of the best movies of all time. Like, not by a long shot. It means that a lot of critics gave it a B. 
And that's yeah. the thing. That, that's the thing I kind of want to drive home here is that, well, okay, me personally, I have no beef with Rotten Tomatoes. I know you do, Kent. I do. Rotten Tomatoes to me is like uh, more of a guideline. Like I'm kind of like, okay, they say this, maybe that'll be the same for me. Generally speaking, I agree with Rotten Tomatoes. The times I don't agree with Rotten Tomatoes, I worry. I stress. I feel like there's something wrong Great there. point. Because, for example, one of the first movies I remember renting from Netflix was a movie called The Host. It's Korean horror comedy. Yeah, it's a monster movie. 92% on Rotten Tomatoes currently. I think back then it was like 98, 99 or something like that. I rented it. I was so excited mm-hmm. because I thought this is going to be a really fun horror comedy like Shaun of the Dead that I really, really enjoy. I hated it. I hated that movie. The intro was pretty fun though, right? It, it was okay, but like the comedy was not working for me. It was a different style of comedy than I wanted. It wasn't that scary. It was really I, – I didn't like it. And so then I had this disconnect where I was like – what am I missing? Why is Rotten Tomatoes giving this a 92% and, and I'm not? That is what's broken about Rotten Tomatoes. It's actually our perception. Because really, if a movie gets 80%, it just means 80% of critics recommend the movie. Right. It doesn't mean that the 99% is better than an 80%. The 80% could be a movie that is a classic and is just somehow 19 points lower than a 99% movie. But still, when, you know... 150 critics say it's recommended, and it gets like you know a high level. See, that's more than if, if like only 75 critics are. And I think people kind of don't want to disagree with the norm. And I, you know, critics generally will be hipsters, but critics even critics be hipsters, man. Right? Surprising, right? Even in their circles, you are influenced by what people say. You're influenced by expectation. I think with even Batman, Superman, it was kind of like. Well, yeah, I really like Marvel, and I don't know if DC knows what they're doing. They don't have a good head on their shoulders. Which I, 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 I walk into the movie. Yeah, my friends didn't like it either. Yeah, I'm writing a negative review. I never because got the DC hate, by the way. I don't, I don't know why critics are automatically anti-DC. I, don't I really don't, I don't see that they are. Like, I think it's more that they've I've just only, been let down. Because they all until, love Dark Knight. They all love yeah. Nolan, everything Nolan. But the thing is, just recently, I've kind of came to light that this DC bashing is a thing. No, no, there's been so much Nolan backlash. Yes, they gave Dark Knight props and everything but there's been a lot of backlash since then i truly feel like dc is taking themselves seriously and they feel like more of films than they do fun comic book movies Mm -hmm. and they are punished for that because there's another problem with the system of rotten tomatoes is a movie like sharknado can get 82 percent on rotten tomatoes right sharknado but that delves into the so bad it's entertaining realm right but shouldn't that still get 13 percent like let's be honest it depends what you put. No, how it, much, how much stock if there's anything, there should be a tomato meter for so bad it's good, 82%. Because a movie like The Room has 33%, and that's so bad it's <laughs> Maybe good. Maybe there's like a negative scale where it's like negative 45%, like, so it's so bad it's Any of the Fast and Furious movies, they'll get now in the 60s to 70s because they're so stupid, but they don't take themselves seriously. And so there's so many dichotomies between like how they're rating, what kind of movies they're rating. It's, I think it, it's way too simple. Well, the thing is, it doesn't sound simple, though. I mean, they're aggregating reviews from all over the place and then putting a score together. But the, if anything, if anything, Rotten Tomatoes is polling the audience, but they're not. maybe they're not influencing the audience. I mean, these are people who are writing their own reviews, and then they pull them into one area. See, I think these critics now are writing reviews to influence the audience and basically get people to agree with, like, for example, I think critics are now even more mad at Batman v Superman because it's done well in spite of them. Hmm. That's my theory. But some movies are just critic proof, and you know that. There's some movies that no matter what happens, they're gonna they're gonna succeed. It's true, like Star Wars, for example. Yeah. Didn't matter. It doesn't matter what the critics say, it's gonna But succeed. some movies, like I mean, I would say the critics had a hand in destroying Fantastic Four, other than Fox and mm. Dr- Josh Trank. And the movie. Just the movie. It's not good. Coming from a Fantastic Four fan over there. Yeah. You're the you're the what? defender. No, I'm not. You were I said I said, I said it didn't deserve as much hate because it wasn't like a nine percent or something like that. This isn't that bad. Like, if anything... Think about the kind of hate it got, though. Like, it, it almost... It Rotten Tomatoes became a bully pulpit for that movie. Bully and pulpit. I think the That's one we're talking about... That's a good band name. It, it probably bully is. Pulpit. We are bully pulpit. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> Thank it is. you, Salt Lake City. And also, you know, I actually want to stop talking about Rotten Tomatoes because, you know... No, before we stop about, talking about Rotten Tomatoes, I just want to bring something up. Because I went through and I was looking through the uh, ones that got 100%, which is the perfect score in Rotten Tomatoes, and the ones got 0%. There's a couple here I just wanted to call out because there's some – these are the 100 percent. There's some that I agree with like The Invisible Man, Mary Poppins, Toy Story, All About Eve, The Kid, uh, Man on Wire. Like I'm, I'm OK with these being 100 percent. Uh, fun fact, All About Eve was critically panned when it came out. Yeah. But now retroactively, 100 oh, yeah. percent. And keep in mind Rotten Tomatoes came out in what? 98, 99? 97. Something like that. 
And so all these movies, they retroactively go back in. All these reviews have like, I don't know, five or six reviews, which made me laugh. There's some surprising uh, 100%ers like The Terminator and The Witches. The Witches? Yeah. Before Sunrise. Seriously? That's a great movie. <laughs> and then Toy Story <laughs> 2. With the most reviews, 163 reviews, still has a 100, uh, 100% rating. Wow. wow. Surprising. Uh, some aren't surprising, like The Birth of a Nation, Citizen Kane, Singing in the Raid, Blade Runner, like those classics that everyone likes. Some are wrong, like Battleship Potemkin is a Russian silent film that made me want to kill myself. Uh, Birth of a Nation was the same for me. Bride of Frankenstein, The Lost Weekend got 100%, guys. I like that one. I like that one. What? You were the, one. You were the only one that preachy. didn't like it. And then, uh, oh, Jacob, I wanted to point this out to you. Darby O'Gill and Little People, 100% around really? What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yep. Which means, like, is... <laughs> Sorry. It is Darby so- O'Gill and the Little People, like, is that a better movie than, like, let's say, The Revenant? Yes. Or, you know, that was some movie Revenant. that... Or Spotlight that came out this this year? I haven't seen You know, they have, either. like, 98%. Yeah. Although I did watch Platoon, by the way, so I'm one more closer to the Best Picture nice winner. So. And then, uh, I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of love for pre-Rotten Tomatoes movies that... It's a lot harder for a movie to get 100% now. Well, no, it's actually... Okay, I think this is true in film criticism and movies and probably books as well. Movies that were panned when they came out, The General, Wizard of Oz, Citizen Kane, Blade Runner, It's a Wonderful Life, Vertigo, Empire Strikes Back, All About Eve, like I said, Psycho 2001. All of these movies were incredibly divisive. Critics came out with scathing statements about them, mm-hmm. and now they're all like 88 to 100% each I, of these movies. But would you prefer that, that people appreciate it? Because, I mean, panning Psycho, that's ridiculous. Would you prefer It was. That? It was seen as gimmicky. But do you prefer that they pan it as they would have back then, or do you prefer the hindsight way? I prefer they pan it the way they did then, or just use the older views, because now you look at every view and it's like, surely the classic it was always meant to be. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Quit patting yourself on the back. That's what I say every time you do a movie review. <laughs> um, kidding. Um, jumping now to the low end of the scale, because I looked at yeah. the, 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 the infamous movies that have uh, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Neverending Story 2, the next chapter, Aww. deserves it. Highlander, <laughs> Highlander 2, The Quickening, also deserves it. Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, which was probably my favorite Police Academy movie, 0%. In fact, uh, 4, 5, 6, and 7 are all on the 0% list. Manos, Hands of Fate, one of my favorite MST3Ks, probably deserved a 0%. It's a terrible movie. The most reviews with a 0% is Ballistic X versus Sever. Nice. Which is the Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu movie about spies or something like that. I don't even remember that, though. Now, Ken, I know you you have discussed you haven't discussed it yet, but something we discussed before about how animated movies kind of get a pass. Yes, almost every animated sequel gets a zero percent. Really? Well, well I mean, from the old days, well, right? Like, no, Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, Mulan, Two, Kronk's New Groove—they're all zero percent. Uh, and then one that surprised me, and this is one that's not going to surprise anyone else because not many people have heard this movie, but Pyromaniac's Love Story. I think it's this cute little film. I actually own it. I enjoy it. Zero percent. I was really bugged. I had to put that on here because I was so mad at that. But does that make you feel wrong for liking that movie then? No, I just think not enough people have seen it. And okay. the critics that have seen it don't have a heart and they're jerks. <laughs> and I guess we could always come back to that, right? Yeah. But we I mean, and there's, there's ones that are just far too high. Like this isn't zero percent anymore, but ones that are just far too high. It's like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, 78%. Uh, Live Free or Die Hard, which is, I don't know, the 12th one in the series. It's like, it's uh, 82%. And Ridiculous. Star Wars 2, Attack of the Clones, which is the worst Star Wars movie we all agreed on the other in our second episode. That's, that's <laughs> false. Um, 62%. Oh, that's higher <laughs> That's it's, higher than the first one. Which is ridiculous. I, the first one is 56, so it must be the worst. And then scores that are too low. Just kidding. No, you trust Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> no, nah, not at all. <laughs> scores that are too low, if I may. Top Gun only has a 52%. Really? Top Gun is a classic action movie. It's not, you know... Smart, stylish, and seriously funny, or whatever Peter Trapper says in every right. review. But it's a classic. Hook, 30%. I love Hook. Wow. Home Alone, 55%. It's ridiculous. Home Alone is a crazy. classic. So, granted, well, in 20 years, they'll just go back and change is, all those. This, right. is, this is unfair, though, because I am. these are movies from my childhood. And so, of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to rate them higher. Maybe if I was a cynical adult, I might have rated them lower. But Seriously? Here, here's my my actual problem is that not the Rotten Tomatoes exist. Fine if they want to aggregate reviews, that's okay. I just hate that anytime you look up a movie, you see its Rotten Tomato score like it's Bible. They're in Wiki, they're in the Wikipedia entry now. Almost like I, I really don't care that that's like a benchmark for the movie because if like Hook thirty percent, you know, people down the road will be like, 
oh, that's probably a really awful movie. And to some people, honestly, it is because art is subjective. It is. But here's the thing, though, Ken, and this is why I disagree with you, is because I feel like, no, box office is not everything. There are movies that make tons of money that are terrible. Right. No, critic review, critics' reviews aren't everything because there are movies out there that are beloved, and I think they're trash. Like best, all the Best Picture winners, like 50% of the Best Picture winners we watched. I agree. All right, I have a question for you two. But okay. uh, wait, I got right, to yeah. run for home here, Jacob. All right, <laughs> you, you finish your curve for home. But then if you have something that is both a box office success and a critical darling – that means something, I think. That's when it's like, okay, this movie may have something to offer, when those two things align. But it's still a guideline to me, meaning that if I see a movie has a 75%, I'm like, it might be good. And if I see a movie has a 20% or something like that, I'd be like, oh, this might not be good. I might still, but I'll still watch it if I'm interested enough. Mm-hmm. The critics only kind of give me an idea of where I should put my expectations. But really, it's the viewing Can of we the pause movie. your question, Jake? Yeah. It's expectations. That's what I want to talk about. Great expectations? Because, because I looked at Batman v Superman's reviews. Right. And it was at 0 to 20% before I saw this movie. And I was like, oh, man, that ruined my day. Well, you, well before I saw the movie. But you cautioned on Radio Ronin. You cautioned. You said, don't look at Rotten Tomatoes. No one should look at Rotten Tomatoes. But why not? If there, people are going to have their own opinion, why not go into it with some expectations? No, no I, honestly, uh, I'll tell you what. Like The one reason I enjoy Sun, the Sundance Film Festival festival nerd is that you can go and not know anything about a movie which is why i avoid spoilers and that's a good thing i think i'm coming around to the anti-spoiler spoiler territory turning into joel but you can go in not knowing anything about a movie and it's a fresh experience you're you're not tainted by anyone's opinions or or anything like that or love or tainted tainted love so that's what i want and that's why i would urge people not to look at Rotten Tomatoes before. But you're making it sound like people are mindless sheep, that they see a score and make a review right then without seeing the movie well, for themselves. And I know lots of people that saw how low like the Batman v Superman was, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is going to be terrible. Man, that's that's too bad. I'm going to see it anyway. Yeah. And they're like, hey, that was pretty good, actually. So, I mean, the expectation kind of works no, but it, the other way. But expectation skews the experience, don't you think? Like, no, I think oh, that's no. a bad thing. If I go in thinking it's going to suck, and it turns out it's okay, I'm going to be like, I really liked that. Except for the No, worst. but that's your expectation part. That's not how good the movie was itself but here's the thing though is if it, it works negatively when i have high high expectations and that's where i'm going and if i'm like this movie's gonna be awesome and then i watch it i'm like oh it's just okay that kind of brings it down whereas if i go in thinking this is going to be crap and then it surprises me with being good that's a very fun experience right but it is otherwise how do you get expectations if without looking what people are saying about it I had that with Gods of Egypt a little bit. Is I was like, this is going to be the worst movie ever. And I ended up smirking and kind of enjoying myself through it. And enjoying it. it more than Batman v Superman. Uh, about the same. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I urge people to find a critic that they like. Or? Or someone that it totally they know that they're the opposite of. That's the, I, I like that view. That's why I wanted that to bring works that up. Sometimes. So that if they like a movie, they'll be like, because people do that for me. People right. will be like, you know what, Kenny? I don't, I don't agree with you on really anything. But at least I know what movies not to watch or to watch based on your opposite review. Exactly. And I'm then, like, you know, that's great. That's a good recommendation for anyone is to find a critic, uh, whether it be on TV or music or movies, that you agree with mm-hmm. and then see what they have to say and trust their opinion. It's like a close friend that you don't know and gets paid for what they do. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. So can, I, can I go on now? Are you guys good? Do you have a question or are you going to, going to go with the survey? It's a question leading into the survey. Well, let Kent finish. He has something I can tell. I just want to go over the pros and cons of critics. Okay, because I think they're <laughs> <laughs> Pros real quick. It's just bullet list. Uh, they can champion movie, movies that fly under the radar. Uh, they can The amount of movies they've seen connect as a window. That's a kinda, huge pro, by the way. That's no, a huge right. pro. Like, like one of the coolest things about Rotten Tomatoes. Which is a champion. Which is, yeah, yeah. There's some small film and they'll give it 100% that everyone's like, what's this? Well, and that's what the Oscars do these days, too. They're like, hey, this film no one saw, best picture, you should see it. And that's like the opposite of Batman v Superman. It's like, so much praise and you made $10 million. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Um, Critics can help us sift through garbage because even though, yes, we can be very critical and cynical, there's a lot of garbage out there. Yeah. Also, it forces the audience to look at something differently. Like if you read a review and you go, oh, I never noticed that before. No, one of my favorite things is when uh, I read uh, Alan Sepinwall's TV reviews after I watch like Better Call Saul or Walking Dead or things like that. Right. I love insights he gives me like, hey, this character actually is from you know Breaking Bad. I'm like, oh, I didn't even notice that. And I mm-hmm. love things like that. I love reading IMDb trivia and stuff like that because I feel it enriches the movie. In fact, I'll hold off on rating until after I've read the IMDb, IMDb trivia and the Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia page on it. Okay. So I love getting a little more rounded because you're right. There's sometimes I walk out going, well, like, okay, a serious man. 
Um, right, the Coen Brothers. The Coen movie. Brothers hated it, really hated it, and I still do. But at the end, when I read about it, I said, and this is this shows how dumb I am. I didn't understand it was a it was a Job parallel. There was no like it's kind of the story of Job in modern right. times and things like that. Didn't get that at all. And it wasn't until after I read it I went, oh, that makes more sense. Still hate it, but <laughs> makes more sense. Nice. So. And, and lastly, there's a quote by Pauline Kael, who's a critic in the 60s and 70s. She says, criticism is all that stands between the public and advertising. And I truly believe that's true. Like, you have the hype machine yeah. for when, it, when a movie's coming out, and the critics will say, but hold off a bit. You know, let's talk about if you're the right audience for it or not. Well, okay, back in the day of Godzilla doing Taco Bell commercials, I understand this. But nowadays, in the world we live in with all the online resources and Twitter and all these places you can get information, I think we have a much more informed public going into movies. And regardless of what the critics say or what the advertising say, they're going to form their own opinion. I think it's preformed opinions on Twitter. I think Twitter is kind of destroying film criticism. Well, Twitter is a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Right. But there are places you can go that are fine. And introducing our next week's podcast. <laughs> Social media. <laughs> That's awesome. And real quick, I'll go over these real quick. These are the cons. Uh, uh, they Oh, the, the work that a critic does distances them from the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, blockbuster movies generally sour them. So they, you know, they'll often be like, ah, oh, it's another blockbuster. Who cares? Whereas right. most people do. That's why they make so much money. Yes. Uh, they tend to give favorable reviews to studios that invite them to junkets. And what? Favoritism? And self-marketing is an issue. And this is actually an issue with me. Like, I, if I, I know if I write a review about the big summer blockbuster, Marvel Civil War, I'm going to have more likes and comments on that article than I am if I say, yeah. hey, everyone, go see The Witch. Don't go see The Witch. No, but that's the thing. People are like, I've never heard of it. I'm not going to click on that. Right. Like there is self-marketing in, involved in criticism. But do you feel – you've seen Ratatouille. Yes. Do you feel that critics are that grumpy food critic who walks in and he's like, I'm here to write something terrible? And it's only when they get that you know, flashback to their childhood that they suddenly become enamored with the movie? It can happen. But no. No, on the whole, he's no. described that though. He's described that like but inner child and whatnot. Right, yeah, that's that what, was that's me. Because that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's I've heard it once said that uh, people are much more uh, willing to comment when they disagree than if they agree. If you say I love this movie and someone else says I love, the, or, oh, okay, let me back that up. You say I like this movie. Someone else says oh, I like this movie too. They're not mm-hmm. going to comment. Right. If you say I hate this movie and they love it, they will jump in your face online and tackle you. Right. So I it's, feel like it's the internet. Yeah, just, you know, I basically just described the internet. Right. Didn't I? Yeah. Yep. It's the same with like Amazon reviews of products. There's people that love it and people that hate it on every single thing. It could be a toothpick, and people are like, "This is the best toothpick ever." And the one's like, "It killed my father." And, you know. So, <laughs> all right, Jake, I'm, I'm ready for you. Review. All right, Jake, let's get into the the part you want. Okay. To do. So as I mentioned earlier, there's a survey that we sent out to everyone, but I have a, a quick survey for you too. Okay. It's just one question. All right. Out of ten scores on Rotten Tomatoes. How many would you say you basically agree with? So on a scale of 1 to 10... If like, if there, there's 10 reviews... If we had 10 random reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, how many yes. would we agree with? Yes. I would say 8 out of 10 for me. 8 out of 10? 7. 7? I disagree with you, Kent! <laughs> <laughs> how dare you go one lower than me? Well, because I think that's a good sum up to your conversation, is like, that's how accurate you feel like Rotten Tomatoes really is. Right. Accuracy, I mean, there's a margin of error here. But it's accuracy. We're both film snobs. That's the problem. We're not the general public who's like, right. I want to see the next Transformers movie. Well, or Tyler Perry is, is amazing. It's pretty close. No. I'd say I'm about 8 out of 10. Yeah. You know, and I don't, I don't take it too seriously. You're kind, of, you're kind of a film hipster, though, because you like the uh, Capra and older movies. I like old movies, movies. But I like new movies, too. But a lot of the slack jaw yokels going to theaters today don't even know about those. There you go. Can I use your yeah. word? Yeah. Which I'll never use again. I don't think, I don't think anyone's slack jaw yokels except for <laughs> actual slack jaw We'll use it enough to make up for that. Okay. Great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Okay, so uh, let's 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 go into the questions here. So as I mentioned, we have 100 people that responded. Thank you very much. Listener. 100 people surveyed. And here's the first question. Do you search out critic reviews prior to watching a movie? And here's the options. The options are always, occasionally, I'm interested, but don't search it out. No, I just watched the trailers or the final option was I hate film and this survey. <laughs> um, how many, how many, how many people, what percentage of people did that one? One person chose that one. <laughs> That's a jerk. <laughs> There's a few people that just skipped the question too. Right. Uh, but most people said occasionally. Um, the 1%. next one 
it, and that was about 45% said that they occasionally will read critical so, yeah, reviews. Most people are out there looking for reviews. So Fair. yeah, about half the people of, and I mean, I think that our audience that was polled because there's a lot of them that were skipped and based on a lot of the comments that I saw is I don't think that they're, they're film buffs at all. I think it's, I think it's kind of a general populace the, that's our audience. So the people that, that responded to this. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would be my impression. What do you anyway. want us to talk about? If not movies, that's all I know. Why are you listening to our show? <laughs> <laughs> don't scare off another listener. Kids. Oh, yeah. Oops. All right. So here's some of the good comments, right? From, uh, from this question. And now Kent, you're going to get a lot of back padding and as well as Seriously? some sharp criticism. Yeah. How oh no. How, <laughs> how many times you take this survey? Kent? <laughs> He's uh, handsome. I like when his face is shaved. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first one is like, I listen to Kenny D and that's about it. Aww, next one, just yeah. Kenny D. Aww. And next one is, I avoid critics like the festering plague that they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. Uh, next one, Ken doesn't count as an expert, but I ask him sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, no, here's the next one. This episode really is about Ken, isn't it? <laughs> I know. When do it I is? get my episode? It is. This is a Kenny D episode. I usually just listen to Kenny D and then disregard what he says and see it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Which is what you said just a minute ago is like, even if it works like that, like my Facebook post, that's all I ask. (laughs) Yep. Uh, the next one is about you again, Kent. I talked to Kent about movies I want to see, and then I get angry if he hasn't seen them yet. Yeah. Um, and this is one of my favorites in the whole thing, actually. The last movie I saw in theaters was Lion King Thanksgiving, 1997. (laughs) Wow. So they just don't care. No, 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 no. no. They just built a time machine back then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Obviously, they don't care. I mean, I right. haven't seen a movie in how weird that movies don't encompass everyone's life. Well, and I, I wish <laughs> the thing is, I wish we would get over the fact that people like different things because. When people get excited about like you know movies and stuff, or when I get excited, movies, people are like, uh, I don't really watch movies. And I'm just kind of like, well, you could try to relate to someone else's likes, or the same thing with me. If people are talking sports. I do my best to right. try to stay up with them and make comments and say things like Indiana periodically. So, <laughs> no. In, in, if I meet someone and I think we're going to be friends, I go, "What's your favorite movie?" That's a great way for me to tell if I'm going to gel with someone. And a lot of people actually tell me. I don't really have one. I like a lot of movies. I guess I like comedies. And I'm like, okay, we're good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> You're like, I hate comedies. Yeah. So. And I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, here's another one of my favorite comments. Kent is the number one critic I use. Huh. Jacob is becoming my number two. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> I've how many reviews of, have I given? I <laughs> I've always thought of Jacob as a number two. So. <laughs> Ah, that could be taken in different ways. <laughs> and it will. <laughs> okay, and then this one, I want to make sure this one gets... Get to the I Joel comments. Right. Oh, yeah. there's. I think there's one of those in here somewhere. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I feel so selfish on this show. All right, this one, this one's not about you. This, right? the, the image for the show should just be your face. The big smiling image of your face. Someone throwing a tomato at me. Uh, that's good, yeah. No. Uh, this one actually, I, this comment I thought was actually very insightful about why we do need critics. And okay. I was like, this is this a valid point. Question. This is a no, this question. is, this is the last comment on the first question. Oh, we're still in the first question. We are. Hey, take Jeez. your time. This is the best part of the show. All right. Here's the, here's Hurry. the, here's the comment. <laughs> and thank you. Whoever left this. There is, there is so much trash in the world. It's disgusting. Movie now, nowadays are like those giant floating things of plastic bottles in the ocean. <laughs> so yes, I rely on critics. Oh, oh Okay. Right, and I was like, "That's that's valid, right?" Like, there's so much garbage out there. There's mm-hmm. so many movies. Like, honestly, if you if you want to ever have your mind blown, go to IMDb and just look up a certain year and see how many movies were made in a given year. It's insane the amount of movies made in one year, and not just you know, obviously theatrically released, but just in general. And if I could ask a favor of everyone listening now, well, it's already your show. Might as well. Every two people still listening, the listener, right? Uh, it's don't go to a movie. And walk out saying, I just wasted two hours of my life. No, but they can say that. Like, they feel that. It just, it's such a gut reaction. And that's actually why I don't talk about movies till I get to the car because I actually want to listen to people and how they truly value the, the $10 they just spent. No. And I know if you, if you paid for something, you want something in return. But like, I mean, imagine Richard Roper actually said, You think you just wasted two hours? Imagine how much time the director just wasted. So much. No, it's true. I, I, I mean, there's got to. That's why all my movies start at three stars because I'm like, they put an effort, they made it, they marketed right. it, yeah, they released it. That's something I've never done. But still, I think gut reactions are the most important ones. And as long as you realize they're not written in stone, it's a gut reaction. And then once you think about it, your opinion can change. Okay. Yeah, I'll buy that. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a good okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right. Let's go to the next question. Okay. It's if you read film reviews, what site do you read them from? Okay. 
And the, the the options are Rotten Tomatoes, Metacritic, IMDb, Cinema Score, your favorite critic, or I don't read reviews. Okay. So the most people most people go to Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, about fifty percent go to Rotten it's, Tomatoes. It's actually very highly scored on Alexa and things like that. Like it's a very popular site. I think it's one of the top one hundred or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And the next one is people go straight to their favorite critic, which makes sense as well because they learn who they like and who you know agrees or disagrees with them. And then IMDb comes in at third. And there's actually about fifteen percent of the people that say they don't read reviews at all. Hmm. Okay. Um, out of our hundred, so I thought that was that was pretty interesting. Fifteen percent. I just mathed. Yeah, that's math. <laughs> Wait, did you just repeat what he said? <laughs> no, it's just fifteen out of hundred is fifteen percent. I'm smart. Deal with it. <laughs> a, a lot of people. I want attention, Kent. <laughs> <laughs> Next week will be the Joel show. So back to Kent. Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, no. Oh. Any cool comments in that one? Uh, yeah, there's some comments. A lot of people do mention Showtime Showdown, which is actually back to Kent. Oh, that's cool. Uh, also, Thank you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. What has happened? Uh, it's the Kent Show, starring him. He's Kent. <laughs> uh, we've also got what, AV Club, Vulture, RogerEbert.com. Oh, AV Club to me is like, how long can we make this article? Right. Uh, annoying. The Verge, local papers. Please say no one said BuzzFeed. Please say no one. No, said there's BuzzFeed. no BuzzFeed. Oh, there's no goodness. BuzzFeed. Yep. Thank uh, you, listener, for <laughs> for being good people and not reading BuzzFeed. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the comments says that one that stole its name from the Price is Right. I'm not sure what that is. Do you guys know what that means? Uh, Plinko. That's the showcase showdown. Oh. I figured that was a reference. I didn't steal the name. <laughs> it just worked with alliteration. <laughs> uh, all right. Alliteration. Always awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> really fun, too. <laughs> you ruined it. Yeah, yeah. You had to have another alliterative. Ah, dang it. <laughs> all right. Question three. Who is most influential in the movies that you watch? And I was really interested in this answer because... The options were? Options were family, friends, professional critics, social media... Or Kenny D with an exclamation point. Exclamation point. Oh, please no, please no, please no. <laughs> Number one is friends. Okay. Number two, Kenny D. Yeah. Seriously? Number no, three I, is family. I actually found it interesting. You come before family. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did. No, yeah. I, I saw I actually saw that just the percentages mm-hmm. and I saw that that friends came out far ahead than family, and I realized yeah. it's true. No, it makes sense. Whereas me and my brothers, we get along like movies a lot of times we see eye to eye, not on the Bourne franchise, for example. In fact they seem to be siding a lot more with Mr. Star of the Show. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> My parents, for example, we don't really see eye to eye on movies. It's a, it's yeah. a generational thing. And while I do sometimes say that I, I want to recommend this to my parents, a lot of movies I watch, I'm like, I love it. My parents would hate this one. Hmm. So I like. I, it was interesting to me that friends came first. Your peers. Yeah, I mean, common to. interest in other things is going to happen in movies too. Yeah, and they're around you a lot, so they're going to tend to agree with your opinions well, the more they're with you. That's not true. I don't agree I think with anything so. you say. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> I think you're great. <laughs> All right. So we got, there's actually quite a few comments, but a lot of people say, I mean, in summary, I'll read some of these that they kind of rely on themselves. It's like gut instinct, my own taste, myself, you know, um, some, I believe in myself. Yeah. Uh, some, one comment was like Netflix, <laughs> just Netflix. <laughs> no, yeah. Netflix is like, hey, I, that drives me nuts when they're like, Hey, you like this. You might also like this. I'm like, those two movies aren't related at all. And there's, then there's another comment that says, Joel, just kidding, oh, Kent, really. Damn. <laughs> you were so they, close. They wrote that out? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. No, they actually just said Joel. It actually is for you. Oh, uh, there you yeah, go. Joel got one. Hey, I Joel, actually, high five. Yep. I actually got one in this, too. It's just A simply... moment like this, <laughs> some people wait a lifetime. <laughs> uh, uh, another comment, if I think the trailer looks good, I go see the movie. Uh, next one, that's Orson. True. Orson's got card and bacon sale. That's who I rely on. Cool. You know, uh, next one, Jacob. Uh, who? Jacob who? I don't know. Okay. Must be a different one. Yeah. Jacob. Uh, <laughs> Jacob and Sons. Uh, this was actually a good insight for how people use it. No one. I use movie critics to learn the basic story plot and for rental and for parental guides. The rest is personal preference and gut feelings. Uh, see, I don't like, I don't like getting plot points before. I don't, I don't want to, the trailer is essentially as much story as I want. And then beyond that, I try to avoid any sort of story. Yeah. See, a lot of people have decided not to read my reviews anymore because they don't want any story. Yeah, well, spoilers mean different things to different people. I mean, if you, like, for example, if you said, hey, It's a Wonderful Life is a movie about a guy who finds out what the world would be like if he didn't live in it, and people would be like, whoa, spoilers! And it's right. like, that's, that's the general overview of the movie. Yes. But some people don't want that. 
I feel like if it's in the trailer or synopsis, it's fair game. What if they don't watch the trailer? It should be. That's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem. I don't know. Some of th- I love it when I can go to a movie completely blind and, en- and enjoy it after. Okay. doesn't happen very often. But All right. Final comment on that one is Kenny D, and then always do the opposite of what he says. <laughs> See, and I have heard a lot of that, and that's totally fine. Oh, yeah. man. All right. Next question. How accurate do you think professional critics are? All right. All right. Options. Movie critics and their opinions are infallible gods. No one clicked that. <laughs> <laughs> Not one person in 100 clicked that. All right. Um, next one. They're right much... Sorry, m- Ken. <laughs> Ready for the power. Yeah. They're right much more than they're wrong. Next option. They're wrong much more than they're right. The next one. They're soulless cynics who love to pick apart things you love to feel important. <laughs> the next one is don't read them. Okay. The number one answer, just kind of barely, in fact, they're all kind of right there together, uh, is they're right much more than they're wrong. And Joel and I agreed with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the but next, we are film snobs. Right. Yeah. And that was 35%. Now, 30% said they're soulless cynics who love to pick apart things that you love to feel important. So barely. There's just the barely. Do you think that's there. a joke answer or do you think people truly believe that? Well, I think the sentiment is there. I think uh, yes. phrasing is a little strong, but I think that's the sentiment of like, yeah, they like, they're just critics. They're, they're negative. Right. So. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, obviously the phrasing was, you know, it, intentionally kind of, humorous. Yeah. It, it, there was hyperbole there, but mm-hmm. I think the sentiment, as Joel said, is, is pretty much right. And then in third, which, and honestly is not far behind at only 20% is they're wrong more than they're right. Interesting. All right. So first comment is it depends if it's a movie I want to see, no matter what Rotten Tomatoes says, uh, then I'll see it anyway. And then there are others that will be on the fence and we'll listen to Kenny D or other critics. I, I would get after all the Kenny D fans, but then again, that's why we have listeners is because of Kenny D and Radio Ronin and all that. Oh, well, it, yeah. it helped a little bit, but you know, I'm I'm okay, I'm okay with the love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get, is your head going to be able to fit out the door? On Not the at out? all. <laughs> Not at all. All right. So next next comment. I like Rotten Tomatoes because they show critics and fan responses both. And that's true. You you really, I think the truth lies between what the critic review is or critic rating is and what the audience review is. That's kind of where it lies. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so we need to make we make a Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes, where we take those two scores and average them out. <laughs> I'm sure it's been done. Probably. <laughs> All right. Uh, I stopped believing in critics 100% when I saw and loved Hansel and Gretel. I found it entertaining. You know, their opinions. Hansel involved. and Gretel, Witch Hunters? I assume that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I made a mean joke. What'd you say? I just said, well, their opinion's invalid anyway. So. Oh. <laughs> Goodness. It's art. It's subjective. Sorry, you listener. can like that. It's fine. Uh, one says, I'll listen to him if it's Kenny D. That's nice, huh? <laughs> Keep it going. Uh, about as, uh, uh, I'll be over here in the corner. This is, this is, this is about how accurate they are, right? About as accurate as stormtroopers shooting at rebels. Oh, nerd humor. That's nerd great. humor. And the next comment, which makes sense, we've said this before. You have to find one that you gel with, who likes what you like, then you can trust them. It sounds like Kent wrote that. Uh, I wrote a lot of these. <laughs> yeah, they're 50 50. That movie was okay. I liked it a lot. <laughs> it, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, career critics don't remember what audiences go to movies for, and it's I, to be entertained. Not just there. I feel like career critics are like career politicians. They really do lose touch with the common man. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's what they're saying. And then they go to people go to movies to be entertained, not decide uh, who should win awards given by Pierce. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Is he giving awards these days? Yes. It's the Piercies. All right. And here's, here's some others I like. That's a different award show. It <laughs> no, takes place in family Vegas. Family friendly. Critics are about as accurate as the weight on my driver's license. <laughs> oh, oh, double slam. Kent <laughs> <laughs> uh, is usually right. I get angry if you recommend something and I hate it, though. See, and that, that's what I worry about. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen because right. you can agree on a ton of stuff. Like me and my brothers, we agree on a ton of stuff. When we get into Bournes, I'm like, they're okay. And they're like, they're the best movies ever. I'm like, they're okay. No, like, you know, I guess I've found it kind of fun in the past to be like, Marvel, you're not very good. But and because I like to stir the pot. But I realized that was kind of a mistake and then people get really mad at me. Whereas if I give Batman v Superman a good review, whereas the majority of critics out there wouldn't recommend it. I feel like, am I wrong? Like, are people going to get mad when they go see the movie because of my review? Very possibly. That's an issue. And that's it what is. I worry about before writing the review. Oh, right. that's, that's the worst, though. Is the worst, and this, can, this isn't just critics, this is everyone, is when you recommend a movie to someone like, this is such a good movie, you're going to love it, and they watch it and they hate it. Right. That is such a horrible feeling. And like, it's happened to me a couple times. Oh, you mean like when I recommend a Galavant to you? 
No, I didn't hate it. It was just okay. Remember when you broke my heart? No, when you when you recommended Marnie to me, that's when I hated you. <laughs> uh, that's a good movie. It's not, so it's really not. All right, here's the last comment on that one. It, most reviewers in all fields, I think, are soulless cynics, but I do note those who seem to share some of my own cynical views. There you go. So there's actually lots more comments I'm not reading. Good. Because um, we're running low on time. So I'm just going to skip ahead. This is question five, the last question. Oh, okay, good. I've enjoyed this, by the way. I just... I, I, yeah. at the you, just rather, you just rather talk about Kent, that's all. I've yeah. truly enjoyed this. Can we get back to Kent? <laughs> it's been three minutes since we've talked about Approximately him. two minutes and 37 seconds. I mean, I had to skip so many Kent comments, you wouldn't even... Really? Believe. I want to read them. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing but your name over and over again. No, it's not yeah. even true. I read most of them, yeah. <laughs> I even made some up. So <laughs> I'm so sorry Especially to everyone. Ones. Uh, all right. So, yeah. How relevant are film critics today? Uh, option one, they're very relevant. They're reliable and easy to read. Uh, next one is I'm not opposed to them. Next option, other people read them, but I make my own opinions. And final option is send them all back in time to Australia, which... Wow, that's punishment. Well, well, it is, it is a penal colony. <laughs> Family friendly, Kent. It, I was like, is penal the right word? <laughs> it's the right word. Okay. Uh, it's just a reference to, you know, like Victorian, earlier right. England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The island yeah. of criminals. And, yeah. I, and at once went to Australia. Yeah. Yes, you did. You lived right. for two years. You want to talk about that, Kent? Yeah, that's, that's... We've already talked about everything else in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell us how you feel today. <laughs> well, in 1995, I started working at Lagoon. <laughs> all right, so Mother Tree? First comment, right? They are all useful until they cross that line of hating all movies. True. Right? I thought it was pretty good. Those are those career critics? The cynical career critics? Yeah. Next comment. Everyone has an opinion. And then in parentheses, though it may not be valid, Joel, exclamation point. Wow. Is that the person that I just bashed on two minutes ago? Yeah, must be. Probably. (laughs) They heard you. (laughs) Creepy. Uh, Haven't we come up with technology to eliminate them by now? Ouch. And by that, you mean weapons? And that's what I think. <laughs> Critics. No, that's what I think these aggregating tools are. People don't actually go to the, re- go to the they sites to no. read reviews. They, they have yeah. a paragraph no that summarizes everyone else's one paragraph. And well, that, that is aggregating is, is handy. I you know? have it's gone. handy, but it's not accurate. I have clicked on the read full review sometimes, but very rarely. No, I do purposely. Well, right. it's all about you anyway. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, next comment. Let's do a super cut of how many times Kent says I in this movie, in this podcast. This episode. is so stupid. This is so stupid. <laughs> uh, I trust independent critics more than the big names. Next comment. Movie uh, criticism seems like a pathway to non-enjoyment of movies. Eesh. That's kind of fair. Yeah. Next comment. There needs to be opposition in all things. That sounds vaguely scriptural. <laughs> vaguely? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's kind of funny, though. Okay, here's this one was kind of amusing as well. Why should I care about what grown people say about other grown people playing pretend on screen? <laughs> I like that one. Kind of reminds me of sports. <laughs> oh, they're not pretending. Yeah, actually. they're not pretending. Yeah, but yeah. it's like grown people watching twenty-year-old boys play a, a sports game, playing a ball game, <laughs> playing a sports game of some sort. <laughs> a ball. Shows with, how with ball. Shows how much I know about the sports. one with the ball. Which one's that? Which which sport has the ball? All right, All let's, of them. let's bring Mark back in here. <laughs> Negative fifty points. <laughs> All right, next comment. Critics are stupid and take themselves too seriously. Or they say that Marvel is good, which is another reason they suck. Ooh, I wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) They do important work, but it's not the Lord's work. (laughs) What in the world? Did we send the survey out to a a nunnery or something? Uh, Yeah. The internet and social media have made everyone a critic, whether they should be or not. That's true. And that, and that is... That's a great way to end. Are you going to end there? Uh, yes. Probably, that's probably the best one to end. Other, other than somebody saying that I had awesome answers. So, Yeah, let's go ahead and go with that other one. Yeah, that I one, think that's yeah. probably better, honestly, too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the truth. Is, is The truth is social media really has made it so everyone can have a voice. And the online community, please... And this, is, this is my kind of home statement here. Is, um, please don't let the internet cynicism get to you. Whether it be let it don't let it annoy you and don't let it consume you, because there's a lot of negativity out there regarding movies and other things too. But you know, I don't want to get too serious. We're talking about movies here. Just really trust your own opinion and let these other people their opinions just wash off your back. Read it like Kent. Yeah, let Kent wash your back. <laughs> that's what Joel's saying there. <laughs> that's that's my that's my final statement. Say there. If you donate more than twenty dollars, <laughs> Kent will wash your back. We'll wash no, your no, back. no 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 no. No, no. You know, and I would just like to say, like, being a critic is a, is voluntary. 
Like critics are critics because they, they care about film because film, I think is the one thing that unites and divides us because everyone watches movies. You know, it's media. We consume media like crazy, probably except too much. Amish. Except for the Amish. Yeah. Except for them. Jake's neighbors. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it's, it's always something that you can talk about with anyone. Hey, what'd you think of this movie? Yeah, I liked it. It's pretty good. It's a good equalizer. It really is. And I think, you know, in this internet age, like everyone can be a critic, but there's sometimes where people kind of have to push past and seek to be a critic. And it does take a lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's easy to have a voice and be loud regardless. But I, I would say go find the critics that you like or dislike. And I think the aggregation is all wrong. I think there's a purpose for Rotten Tomatoes because it is kind of like a, hey, I'm going to look here really quick and that's about it. But I think it takes more time if you do want expectations. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah. I have great expectations. <laughs> Made that joke two times. I'm dealing with it. <laughs> so I cannot wait for Joel's uh, episode in approximately two weeks. I don't know weeks. what it's going to be about. <laughs> I have nothing to offer. Um, <laughs> but if you want to see what I do have to offer, you can find me on Twitter at 76 Joel, or you can go to quick Wits Facebook page or find more information about them, per, their performances at qwcomedy.com. We've talked enough about me. <laughs> Kenny D has a website at showtownshowdown.com. He's also going to be on K jazz. He's at, uh, Kenny three double D. Yes. Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> he came back around. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, they talk talking about, about me. Again? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers. Thanks again for responding to the survey, All and right. uh, we really appreciate that. We do. All right, gentlemen, I'm going to give this episode a thumbs up. Jacob, thumbs up. Eh, thumbs down. This has been Kenton Sale. This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale. I was just about to stab you, <laughs> and then I saw the picture of Kate. That's fresh. That is fresh. That's fresh. So fresh. Some are better than others. Honestly, I'd like to hear more about Kent first. I'm going to take a nap. Be right back. A lot of ladies. (gasps) Jacob, did you know this? Cheater. I thought you had a face for a radio. I'm not going to see that. I don't care for it. It's my skin and it's sensitive. And all the girls dream that they be a bright Our little Kenny D's growing up. No, it's the worst, and you're a slack jawed yokel for liking it. The critics that have seen it don't have a heart, and they're jerks. Tori, you need Joel? To write something terrible. This is the best toothpick ever. And everyone's like, it killed my father. Uh, He's handsome. I like when his face is shaved. I've always thought of Jacob as a number two. I want attention, Kent. So back to Kent. Uh, It's the Kent show. Starring him. He's Kent. (laughs) (laughs) It's the left-handed business. They do important work, but it's not the Lord's work. That sounds vaguely scriptural. Let Kent wash your back. They have nothing to offer. Moment like this, some people wait a lifetime. We are Burley Pulpit. I'm sure Thank it is. Thank you, Salt Lake City.